Welcome to the Ask Brian Podcast Radio Show, where you'll hear from some of the most successful founders and CEOs of businesses and startups, sharing their best advice for success, and even some stories on how their mistakes actually make them even more successful. Now, here are your hosts, Brian and Tracy. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Ask Brian Radio Show on KTS 1220, 98.1 FM. Well, every Thursday, we try to do a show to help out entrepreneurs, and everybody constantly asks us, why is the name of your show Ask Brian? After all, your name is Peter, your co-host is Tracy, Matt works there, Precious works there, but no one there is named Brian. Why on earth are you named Brian for one? And secondly, why is Brian spelled with their name? I mean, I knew the O'Briens down the street. They had a pub, and their name was the O'Brien, and they had a E in it. But almost every Brian I know is spelled B-R-Y-A-N or B-R-I-A-N. Why are you using the word Brian? So we thought this over, and after many, many, many hours, Matt and I decided, well, there are reasons why we have the E, Tracy as well. And for some of those reasons, we're going to ask Matt. Matt, give us one. We got a few. We're going to go over a lot. You have to give us one reason why Brian is spelled with an E, not with not Y A N or I A N. Why is it spelled B R I E N? Well, I'm going to go a little off the cuff here, Peter. And can I just take a guess? Is it because it's J E T S Jets Jets Jets? Oh, come on. We're going to bring the sports into it. All right. All right. There you go. See, this is why we can't have nice things. Come on, Tracy. We're five and two. Jets are having a great year. All right, fine. We'll save that for later. That's not for this show. Uh, there's There are many reasons we call it Ask Brian and why it's spelled with an E. And the first and I think foremost important is because E is for education because we try to educate our listeners each week about business well <laughs> and then there's dead silence it is a factual statement that we do educate people so i think we should we should go with that well yeah. we try to we try to i think it's kind of like k-i-n-d-a yeah that was grammatically correct so we're not educating anyone except for the uneducated, but okay. Well, there's another reason. This is one of my personal favorites. E is for experts because our guests are experts in their field. Well, what do you mean to be an expert? I mean, you know, uh, I, I can add three plus three it equals six. Does that make me an expert? Well, I'm an expert in pain. Because I've watched 10,000 hours of the New York Jets over my lifetime. However, right now, that's not the case. <laughs> that's a pretty good right. But that's what the requirement... I wasn't Detroit Lions. <laughs> <laughs> get to see things could be worse, or the Cleveland Browns. But exactly. this is not a football show, so I don't want to get off tangent here. But it does require... We always go off tangent. Should not be the advice of the off-tangent show. Well, and speaking of, I have another E that I'm throwing into the mix, which is exclusive, because you guys are exclusive. Splitting me because I can't play along with the sports story, so I feel exclusive. Oh, oh, we should be Tracy. talking inclusive. No, <laughs> all right. Well, so since we're such an empathetic show, that's another that's e, by another the way. E. Since oh. we are such an empathetic show, Matt, why don't you start including Tracy? Well, Tracy, I'm sorry <laughs> that Tracy's we didn't include you. There's no E in Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> 
There is no ear in Tracy. Well, well, okay. I just for the end of the word. It, no, that would be problematic. <laughs> to become an expert. T R A C I E. Becoming an expert requires 10,000 hours in your field, uh, as I alluded to before with my Jets pain and misery. However, uh, if we're breaking it down as far as entrepreneurs in a working week, uh, it'd be 52 weeks in a year. We'll give you two weeks off. Go take a little vacation down in Cancun. And then when you get back, you got to hit the grind. And we're looking at 50 weeks, 40 hours per week. That comes out to five years to get to 10,000 hours. Unless you're an entrepreneur, right? Exactly. And you're going to find out today that I am definitely an expert at way more than 10,000 hours. So we're good about that. That's right. She's an expert in pinnacles. <laughs> well, That's not even funny. Peter, how about this one? E is for enthusiasm because being enthusiastic leads to excellent results. Another E, by the way. No, it worked. E is for excitement. Woo, woo. Is that what you and, said, Peter? And, and Tracy, Greek lightning. Yes, my most favorite E is because we are electrifying. Woo! All right. And more at least in our our own minds, we are. <laughs> we are we are e addicted. E, e equals MC We're squared. What are we looking for? More P's here, Peter? More E's? Well, here's another one for you. E is for entrepreneur <laughs> because most of our listeners are business owners. Well, yes, they're they not are. just business owners. They are entrepreneurs. They are they are, they are the whiteboard of our country. Every post-election day, another election day, we should be talking about the entrepreneurs that really are our country. Everyone, if you even think about Apple computers started by Steve Wozniak, Steve Jobs, and a third party, that company was what? Three guys starting a computer company. Now, to keep this company... Yes, they did start that company in a garage. My excuse for not starting a uh, billion trillion dollar computer company is I don't have a garage, so I couldn't do it. <laughs> that's okay. You can rent one. <laughs> okay, that's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's an excellent solution there. Thank you, Peter. And you know why? Because on on as far as even though we talk about ease, there are no excuses no. why you can't be an exclusive entrepreneur. Oh, good one. We need to add that to our regular. That needs to be on our regular list because that's an exceptional one to bring into play. There are no excuses. Well, Peter. We're going to have a show because we're going to be talking about ease until 155. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Peter, not to steal your thunder here, not to be confused with Grease Lightning, but not to steal your thunder. I think it's best now if I bid you adieu. Is that okay with you? Well, if you tell me why I like that look. Well, I have a personal reason, but it's because it's French. Yours, however, is because it has one consonant and the rest of the letters are all vowels. And I'm, I'm probably not the only word like that. But without any further ado, thank you very much, Matt. Tracy, who normally is our co-host, Tracy wears multiple hats in her profession. And one of her multiple hats is she's an expert in podcasts. So we're going to 
Woo-hoo! Yes, I'm so excited to talk about my most favorite thing. Now, it's probably going to be me asking most of the questions, but if you have a schizophrenic moment there and you want to ask yourself, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) What, you mean when I would ask myself how to get in touch with myself at the end of the show? (laughs) Your inner self. (laughs) My inner self, yes, okay. (laughs) Well, you know, podcasting can be a lonely endeavor when you're recording by yourself in your own room, so you do often feel like you're talking to yourself. It wouldn't be that weird. Well, exactly. So we're going to start off with a very, very basic concept question that probably very rarely have you dealt with, but not everybody even understands what a podcast is. How is a podcast different than a radio show? What is a podcast, and when was the first one created, if you know the answer to that? Yes, so thanks for the curveball. So a podcast is a informational or entertaining or edutainment, which is the combination of educating and entertainment, typically an audio file that you can download and listen to at your leisure, or you can subscribe and follow to and be notified when people release new podcast episodes. But basically, podcasting has taken the world by storm, and people are absolutely 100% using podcasts, not only just for Again, entertainment like true crime podcasts and podcasts like that, but they're also using podcasts to grow their businesses by helping them position their themselves as thought leaders or as to really increase their personal brand. So that is basically a podcast. But if you're a purist on the radio like we are, a podcast is an audio file, but there's a lot of talk about video podcasts and Video podcasts are videos. <laughs> no, people are calling. Are calling pod, Are calling podcasts, but podcasts are actually audio pieces of audio content. So I just want to clear that up for the record. Well, and it's good for the record because I am an attorney. And you know, I'm going to hold you accountable, and we have a stenographer typing everything you say. Now, question I have. We've got a lot of other things out there that are similar to what you're talking about. We have YouTube. We have Instagram. All these social media things out there, right? What what makes it a podcast? So I'm going to go back to your original question, which is when was the first podcast? Because I think it's kind of, it's really good to know sort of the history of the podcast in general. So in 2004, so, you know, 20 years ago, and I was three, um, Adam (laughs) Curry and... (laughs) Adam Curry and Dave Weiner, they are credited with the invention of podcasting. And so who exactly did what? They fight over that. There's, that's not really super clear who did what. But at the end of the day, they are the two guys that got it rolling. And the term podcasting was mentioned by Ben Hammersley in the Guardian newspaper article. So that's how it was dubbed podcasting, basically, it is based on it being an audio file. So that was back in 1993 in the early days of internet radio when people were launching talk radios on the internet. So they were calling that a podcast. So there's a lot of like, you know, exactly what the timeline is, is somewhat confusing until you get to, I don't know, around 20 well, I think it was like around 2005, 2006 when Steve Jobs put the podcast app on the iPhone. So I have to figure out when that date was. But 
um, that is when people really started understanding podcasting a lot more because prior to that, it was very difficult to find a podcast. You could, you'd have to find it on the internet or, you know, now it's super easy to find a podcast. You can go to Apple, you can go to Spotify, you can go to Pandora, you can go to YouTube. Um, but then it wasn't easy to find a podcast. So when Apple put the podcast app on the iPhone, that was when the podcasting industry really exploded. Okay. Well, very good background. And I can even ask more questions like, was Wayne's World a podcast? But I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Wayne's World. <laughs> Wayne's World. Exactly. <laughs> now we're showing our ages. Okay, so. I <laughs> So now that we know what a podcast is, how can it benefit your business? Well, I thought you would never ask. That is what I absolutely I mean, want. Back, Wes. I want a different question. No, 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 no. No, I want to answer this question because, because here's what people, and I'm going to answer it in a way that you're probably not expecting because at first I'm going to talk about who is actually the profile of the podcast listener. So we talked about how we got to podcasting and how it exploded when the podcast app got put on the iPhone. But what people really, as business owners, what you really need to understand is what is a really great way to reach your target demographic, right? We talk about that a lot. It's like with, with your marketing strategy and your, how do you know your marketing is going to work? Well, how do you know you're reaching the right people? What a lot of people don't know is the target demographic of a podcast listener is usually aligned with exactly the type of consumer a business owner is trying to reach. So, for example, the majority of podcast listeners are split right down the middle between 51% male, 49% female. The female numbers have increased significantly, and they're saying a lot of that has to do with the interest in the multitasking, being able to have the podcast be portable. You can take it with you. You can listen to it in your car, at the gym, you're folding laundry in the kitchen. Not that they're just female folding laundry in the kitchen, just so you know, but it's the real surge in popularity has been about the portability of audio. So you're looking at 51% male, female split. And then the ages are, with any technology originally, we were having early adopters that were in their early 20s. But now the golden demographic by advertising and marketing standards is that 25 to 54 demographic. And over 30% of the listeners for podcasting are between 25 and 35 and then you get into even a higher percentage when you're looking at 35 plus so the majority of people who are listening to podcasts every month are again right within your target demographic with people that have disposable income who can purchase your product and even then now it's about to get even more interesting peter and that's when it comes into the education and income brackets of podcast listeners so Podcast listeners are typically very highly educated. In fact, 45% or more podcast listeners are likely to have a college degree, and 68% are more likely to have a graduate degree. So that is some really highly educated, highly motivated individuals that can hear you talk about your products and services, your skill set, your expertise, your thought leadership, and then because of that education factor, it's a natural correlation that podcast listeners tend to have a much higher income. So 45% of listeners have income over 75000 
which is, you know, 35% of the U.S. population has an income over 75000 but 45% of podcast listeners do. And then it gets even crazier when you look at monthly listeners are 35% more likely to have income over 100000 and 45% more likely to have an income over 250000 So not only are they educated and engaged, but they also have the money to spend on your products and services and your coaching programs and buy your books and attend your events. And so that in itself, just that whole profile of a podcast listener, is one of the reasons why you absolutely, if you have not already put podcasting as a marketing strategy into your business, you should absolutely be considering doing it. Well, and what about search capabilities? I mean, you know, everybody knows about the Ask Byron Show, but not everybody knows about the Mugalula. And how do people find the Big Mugalula? Okay, well, I'm not really sure how you would find that because you could never spell it correctly. So, <laughs> but one of the reasons why we talk about Ask Brian, speaking of spelling, and we always t- tell people exactly how to spell Ask Brian is so that when they do search, that they can come up with not only the AskBrian.com website, but also Ask Brian podcast. And one of the things, our own success stories that we can tell for ourselves, which is pretty great, is that ever since we started releasing Ask Brian as a podcast, the number of subscribers on the Ask Brian website has gone up exponentially. I mean, as I last numbers I saw, we had like 8,000 people subscribed on the AskBrian.com website. As of yesterday. 8,400. And when we started out, we had about 3,000. And this is over the course of not even a complete year. So I think that itself tells the story of how podcasting can really benefit and drive conversions to your website. And not only that, when you upload podcast episodes to your website, typically what you're doing is you're also uploading what are called show notes, which are key takeaways, timestamps, things that are um, reflecting what has been mentioned in the episodes themselves. And those are all, Google loves show notes and they love transcripts because you're uploading fresh content and you're really serving up to the algorithms ways that people can do searching keywords that are associated with your business. So not only is the podcast itself a really good content piece to reflect how you engage with your audience, how you engage with your guests, people get to know you like you trust you as an expert, but they also are, you're going to benefit from the SEO portion of having that podcast be on your website and on the platform. So as we were talking about earlier, podcasts are really easy to get now. You can go on to Spotify, you can go on to Apple, you can go on to Google Podcasts, and since Google Podcasts launched their listening platform for podcasts, they have really helped with the search for podcasts as well. And YouTube is, a, is starting in a big way to step into the podcasting space to get discovery on the largest search engine in the world. So, well, second largest owned by the first largest. So, somebody asked me a question: Can you SEO podcast? SEO portion of podcasting will come through the written extensions of the podcast. So those are going to come through. For example, when you have your podcast live in Apple Podcasts and you are guesting on other people's podcasts and they put your name and your bio in the show description for the podcast that you guest on, or when you release a podcast and you have the title of the podcast, you have the description of what's in the episode of the podcast, and then those detailed show notes that we were talking about, 
all of those are really good tools for SEO to be discovered. And Google has even added a podcast portion into the Google search. So when you search a topic or a person's name or want to learn more about a product or service, if they have a podcast or they've been a guest on another person's podcast, that podcast episode can actually come up in search. So what we're really talking about in terms of podcasting being used to grow your business is a lot about, like, back in the 90s when everyone very first started having a website. It used to be nice to have, and then having a website then became a need to have. And that's then we went into the the era of social media where people started having Facebook accounts and Twitter accounts and LinkedIn accounts. And at that point in time, again, when it very first started, it was like they were nice to have. And now you really need to have a LinkedIn account. You really need to have social presence, social proof of your business and the quality of work that you do. And podcasting is that next level of social proof because people get to actually hear your voice. They get to hear how you engage with if you interview clients or if you interview, let's say if you're a coach, for example, or a consultant, then you have this opportunity to really share your expertise on your subject matter, engage with other people in a dialogue. And it's very difficult to fake authenticity through your voice And you can do that. You can risk claims and have influencer pictures taken as if you have your own private plan. You can have things crafted and photoshopped. And you can do all kinds of things with visual amendments, if you will. But when it comes down to your voice, that's what people really can hear your authenticity. They can hear your credibility. They can get to know you and feel like they get to know you more as your personal brand. And that create the opportunity for people to then want to work with you. So now we're in that phase where having a podcast is a nice to have, but we're rapidly moving into why it's a need to have. And podcasts have commercials and have those commercials pay the person money so that they can be self-sufficient, not just an advertisement or a benefit to the end users, but also to the people themselves that are doing the podcast. There's a lot to unpack with that because we've seen one of the big trends that we've seen at Producer Podcast, and Producer Podcast is the company that I started in 2016 where the industry leader in full-service podcast production and marketing support for businesses who have podcasts to grow their business. A little shameless plug there. But um, what we've really seen as a trend in Producer Podcast with our clients is not only are they leveraging the podcast itself, so the content itself, for marketing purposes, but they're also creating and having ads recorded and then placed within their podcast. So it's not that they're relying upon necessarily bigger brands to buy ads into existing podcasts, but they're using that platform to market their own products and services. So, for example, we have a podcast called Coach and she is an executive business coach for entrepreneurs. She's having a retreat, in-person retreat, in Austin, Texas in January. So the podcast episodes that she's releasing right now in November and December, she actually has a commercial within her podcast to 
introduce her listeners to the idea that they can attend this retreat in January. So it's serving two purposes. It's a good marketing tool to showcase her as an executive business coach, but then it's also letting people know how they can engage with her. One of the phrases we use is how to continue the conversation with your listeners after the podcast. That's a really good way to do that. Is that the biggest trend you're seeing in podcasting? I think one of the trends that we're seeing is definitely the idea of marketing your own products and services within your own podcast. The other trend that we're seeing has a lot to do with utilizing video in conjunction with your audio podcast. So for a long time, people were either, they saw it almost as an either or. But if you're already creating video, for example, and you're not repurposing the content of that video as an audio podcast, then you're really missing out on an entire segment of potential listeners and then potential customers. So when you're thinking about your video strategy, for example, if you've been doing reels, if you're on TikTok, if you have been creating video, even if you have been using webinars as lead generation tools, what we're seeing and what we're recommending is make sure that you are being as efficient as possible by creating content one time. So it can either be create the video first and then have the uh, audio version of that video released into the Apples and the Spotify's onto the podcast platform or create the audio and video at the same time while you're recording, release the audio in its full capacity, and then use video clips and repurpose those into TikTok and Reels and, um, and other areas where video is getting a lot, and Instagram where video is getting a lot of engagement. So it's all about being efficient. And as we are venturing into an unknown economic territory in 2023, podcasting really becomes one of the most efficient content creation tools that you can have for your business because you literally only have to record that content one time and then you can create other pieces of content off of that. I did not get it. You talked about TikTok. You talked about other things. I didn't see you mention YouTube. So you could take the podcast that was videoed and put clips of that into YouTube, correct? Yes. So there's a couple ways that YouTube works with podcasts. And one of the things that we also are finding is, even as recently as about 10 days ago, YouTube has really stepped into the podcasting space. So they've always been a video platform, but because of podcasting's popularity, they're doing some interesting things on YouTube. They are, for example, as you're listening or you were listening to a podcast, let's say, about an attorney podcast, about trademark and patent, for example, then YouTube is going to start making recommendations for other podcasts that are in that similar space. So, again, even like with the Ask Brian podcast, for example, if you're listening to Ask Brian podcast, some of the keywords are about entrepreneurship, business growth, then, then that would trigger the algorithms to serve up other podcasts that have similar content. So you want to be sure that you, as a business owner, you have a podcast that you're having it uploaded to YouTube, and that does not mean it has to be uploaded as a video. You can actually upload the audio podcast to YouTube and use a static graphics so that people can listen to the podcast on YouTube. Um, they don't necessarily have to watch it. The other interesting statistic about YouTube is that even though people are discovering podcasts on YouTube that may have a full video component, 
because of the screen fatigue and the portability of just being able to listen and carry it with you, that there's a high percentage, somewhere along 73% of people are discovering podcasts on YouTube, but they're actually listening to them versus watching them. So you just want to be sure that you are optimizing YouTube. And you can even upload your premise. So a lot of times when people market a podcast, they will put out these minute clips that have a bit of this audio clip from the podcast to let you know what the podcast is about or what that episode is about. And we found a lot of success in even just uploading those minute clips to YouTube, get people to sample the shorter version, and then that'll get them to listen to the longer version of the whole show. So it is a very good discovery tool for podcasters. Wow, wow. That, that, that's really, really exciting. I want to do a little something called a pivot here. We don't have a lot of time. So let's pivot a little bit. I know you haven't heard that word before. So. I have not. I have not. The question is, you know, a lot of people say we're in a recession or we're coming to a recession. Interest rates are skyrocketing. Inflation skyrocketing. We've got problems here. So how can a podcast help you in a recession? Well, I think actually adding a podcast to your marketing strategy is one of the smartest things that you can do to recession-proof your business, especially from a marketing perspective, and here's why. It comes back to the idea of being efficient and resourceful in your content creation plans. So we all have to keep our presence out there. We need to have presence on Facebook. We need to be writing and creating content through blog posts and articles. We need to be having presence with audio and in, in some cases video. And we need to have all of this continuous content generating machine happening, especially if we're leveraging our personal brand as an expert and a thought leader in our space. But it's very expensive and it's very time-consuming to create all these multiple different pieces of content from social media posts to blog posts to articles to videos to podcasts. So what a podcast can do to essentially recession-proof your marketing strategy and help continue to grow your presence and get customers and lead generation and then ultimately sales, because that's what we're all wanting, is that you start with the podcast and you create that one piece of content one time. So we'll just use this example. So today we're doing this as a radio show. We're creating this piece of content one time. It's going to be released as a podcast episode, but because of now we have this podcast episode, we can take this piece of audio, we can transcribe it from that transcription, then we could have social media posts written, we can have blog posts written, we can have show notes written that are SEO, you know, would help optimize the business. And all of these things lead to a call to action, which is to get people to then visit our website, shop in our stores, buy our products and services online, buy our books, engage in our online programs and our online courses, and we've only had to spend our time and energy to create one piece of content that then gets repurposed across all these other platforms. It's really amazing the cost efficiency that's associated with it. Some people have been calling in and they're saying, this sounds like a great concept. I don't know how expensive it is. I don't know if I can afford it, but how can I reach you? So why don't you give a little information background about how people can connect with you and if you want to give them some idea about what the, what the pricing is going to be or how they can connect with you. 
Yes, absolutely. So what I want to encourage people to do is just explore the concept of podcasting and how it can work for them and their business. And you can go to produce your podcast. That's produce your podcast.com. And it's super easy. You can set up a free call and it's not a sales call. It's a resource call. So people can ask me any questions. They can find out more details of anything that we've talked about and like, hey, could this work for my business? It's not a pitch. It's absolutely a resource call. I am a internationally recognized podcast expert and my really, really want to provide the best quality information for people on how to grow their businesses through a podcast. And in terms of prices, we specifically custom create podcasts based on the business development strategy and based on the outcome that the business owner wants to benefit from their podcast. And you can start a podcast in the, the range of the create a podcast range from anywhere from you can start for free on the cell phone all the way up to full service podcast production, which is can be anywhere from $5,000 up to even more depending on what type and how detailed you want your show to be. So it's something that it really fits within your budget depending on what you want to achieve and we work with all ranges of budgets. So except for the free. That's the one thing we don't work with is the free budget. But other than that, we can work with you. But if you want to learn more or if there's things about this podcast um, episode that you want to learn more or go back and re-listen to, definitely go check out the Ask Brian podcast. And that you can find at Ask Brian, B-R-I-E-N podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Because we want you to be able to grow your business with all the tools and resources that our experts provide. And we do that by releasing this show as a podcast. That's a lot of information. So the question really comes, is there a difference between Reels and Instagram and fan pages and YouTube? Does it really matter? Do you need to be on all of them? Or how do you prioritize that? We only have about a minute left. So the quick answer to that is you've got to be where your audience is. So if your audience is, if your customers are on LinkedIn, you need to be on LinkedIn. If your customers are on Instagram, you need to be on Instagram. You don't have to be on all of them. Pick one of them where your customers live the most. And the other key is pick one where you are comfortable showing up the most frequently. And the combination of you being comfortable showing up on that platform and engaging and commenting and, and putting your content out there combined with is that where your customer lives, choose that one and focus on that to start out with and then expand into the other one. That sounds like great advice. We're very glad to have you on our show today, Tracy. But we're going to have to read, unfortunately, and then my tears are coming down. So, thank you very much. Sounds awesome. You're listening to Kids 1220 and 98.1 FM, the Esquire Radio Group. Thank you for tuning in to the Ask Brian Radio Show. You can listen to us every Thursday on KTHS AM 1220 and FM 98.1 or via Facebook Live or anytime wherever you listen to your podcasts. Visit AskBrian.com to join the conversation and ask us your business questions and we'll answer them on our next episode. That's AskBrien.com.